You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast. My guest on this week's episode is Trey Zuller, CEO of Jefferson's Bourbon. When you visit Jefferson's at Kentucky Artisans Distillery, you are in for an exclusive and personalized treat. From ocean-bound bourbon to a curated tasting space in conjunction with restoration hardware, this unique tour will leave you wanting more. Bourbon, that is. Horses, Hats, and Bourbon is sponsored by Mint Julep Experiences, your all-inclusive provider of exclusive, authentic, and curated bourbon, culinary, horse, and mixology experiences in Kentucky. If you're looking for a five-star experience blending Kentucky's signature products, look no further than Mint Julep Experiences. Go to mintjuleptours.com backslash horses, hats, bourbon. So excited to introduce Trey Zoller. Uh, to the podcast, CEO of Jefferson's Bourbon. And I'm so excited, Trey, we finally get to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. We've had a couple of weeks of talking on and off, a lot going on this time of year. So much going on this type of year. You know, get right into it. I mean, I know this was the, the brainchild of you and you've got your, your dad roped into the business too, Chet, but this runs in your family history. It runs in the family. How did you get involved in, in why? Because we know it's it's just tough to be right to run a distillery to run a business like this. Well, I always say I was too dumb to know better. Um, I started the business back in 1997 when bourbon was in a 30-year decline. So, actually, my dad's a bourbon historian. He's identified over 2,500 distilleries in Kentucky that were paying taxes prior to prohibition. And when I started, we were down to eight. So that was either due to consolidation or mainly a lot of them just went out of business because again, there was a 30 year decline in business. This happened, you know, I grew up in Kentucky. As you said, I've got a long history in it. My eighth generation grandmother uh, was arrested for moonshining and uh, bootlegging in 1799. Those arrest records make her the uh, oldest or the first documented woman in the American whiskey business. So like most people growing up in Kentucky, you had some tie to the bourbon business. It wasn't until I moved to a half dozen different places around the country that I realized that bourbon wasn't plentiful and that everybody didn't drink bourbon mm -hmm. and that it was not easily attainable. So it was kind of coming back to Kentucky after moving away for Thanksgiving or Christmas that I would go past all these distilleries and these warehouses that I knew were chock full of bourbon, that the bourbon inside of these great old barrels were either evaporating off to nothing or being blended in with a four-year-old bourbon and weren't being able to be showcased that, that I thought that there was room at the very kind of high end of the bourbon uh, market at the time. And you're right. You can't like drive down the street in Kentucky. I feel like these days without, you know, a neighbor opening up something or you right. feel like they're everywhere. But I, what makes you think Jefferson's bourbon different from the rest? You know, some people really like to talk about the history, the product. What, what have you done that you think people want to come, they want to visit that makes it really special? So when I started in the business, I started doing one thing and that was sourcing. So there were eight distilleries at the time. I went to almost every distillery and asked them if they had old barrels to sell, which they had oodles of. They were more than happy to sell it. Um, so I sourced from a lot of these great old distilleries that make incredible juice. 
Um, they would call me at the end of every fiscal quarter a year and say, Trey, I've got 400 barrels of a 17-year-old or 500 barrels of a 16-year-old. Are you interested? I'd say, send me sample and pricing and I'll see. So my idea was to source in order to sell enough to, to build a distillery. And that's, we've got a distillery now. We still source older bourbon. I still contract with big distilleries here in Kentucky. And then we distill our own. But as I talked to those distillers initially, they all said the same thing. Trey, 65 to 80% of what bourbon is, or the heart and soul of bourbon comes from the maturation process. And everybody was maturing their bourbon in the same way. So I started manipulating the maturation process in order to massage the juice one way or the other to give different types of tastes. And I did that through blending or finishing in different Napa cab or Bordeaux cab barrels or rum barrels or cognac barrels or blending four or five different products together at a time because I found that the whole was better than parts or changing the environment and the agitation of the maturation process. So to me, it's about pushing the boundaries of what bourbon can be without bastardizing. Mm -hmm. Talk to me about your tours. I know so much of uh, when people love to go on tours, it's either like stepping back in time or or you step into kind of, uh, is the family heritage and all this like part of the tour where people can understand why you got in the business, they get to taste it. I mean, take me through what yeah. it's like to be on one of your tours. So our tours, we are out in Crestwood, Kentucky, um, out on Old LaGrange Road. So it's 14, it's off exit 14 on 71. So we're 14 miles from downtown. And it's actually, you know, it's, it's different than the downtown experience because we, kind of, we have a campus and we've got our warehouses out there. Um, and it's very hands-on. We're still a smaller distillery, so you can get out into the distillery floor and go up and, you know, uh, really get into the fermentation of it. We, all of our grains that we're distilling are grown at the farm that butts up to us, Waldeck Farm. So we have, you know, the tractors coming over delivering us rye and, uh, and corn a couple times a week. So, you know, it, it's really a farm to bottle type of experience. Um, we have uh, kind of kiosks that show what each what each of our different expression goes into it and why uh, why it tastes the way that it does. So it's very different. We're all about not changing the proof or the age to give you a different bourbon, but really change the maturation to give a different one. And that's shown in our, our very personal, or as we call it, every tour is a hard hat tour uh, experience. Well, I know you guys must be so anxious to kind of slowly begin welcoming people in for the spring. I know we're all kind of antsy, right, to get out, yeah. especially after everything from last year. Um, what? How many tours are you offering kind of going into the spring? I know a lot of people are going to want to get out if they're coming in for Keeneland or for Derby or even planning something later into May. What tours do you expect to have kind of up and going? And, and then what are the size of those? So right now what we're doing, we're open from Wednesday to Sunday and they're open. We've had tours on the hour between uh, 10 o'clock and four o'clock. It's limited to 10 people at a time. Um, it is very, you know, you got to have your temperature checked before you come in the door. It is very spaced out and, and very safe. Um, most of our tour guides are retirees that begged us to open back up. They're like, please let us, we miss, we miss the consumer. We miss, we miss hosting people. And that's what's been a lot of fun. And so, because a lot of people are closed, we've been pretty booked up um, throughout the winter, which has been great. Great. So 
it's a little bit limited right now. We, for the time being, are not going back in the distillery uh, just to protect everybody, to make sure that our distillers aren't in contact with as many people so we wouldn't have to possibly shut it down. But you still get to see a good part of the campus and what we're doing. Um, and obviously the tasting room is open and we've got a number of different uh, tasting experiences, including one that we just came out, which is an all ocean, our Jefferson Ocean line. So you can taste different voyages, our cast strength, our weeded ocean. Um, so we've got some unique things going on. Will you be completely packed, you expect, going into spring? Would you say that's like maybe your most popular time? Or this year, are you just not sure like what to expect from people? Because I always tell people if they're expect. coming in for spring, I'm like, book everything really early in advance or at least get on some kind of email waiting list. So if you all do have cancellations or you have to change your tours around, at least people, they're the first to know. I think that's very smart because I think, you know, there's not a lot of people or a lot of places for people to go. So this is a great outlet. It's a great way to get out and experience and spend some time together. So I would, you know, hopefully we're going to be um, fairly packed, but yes. you know, you never know. So we've been fortunate. And again, with most of the downtown distilleries being closed right now, that's uh that certainly um, tours we're giving and how packed we are. But I'm sure those guys are gonna be opening soon. You mentioned a little bit about the ocean line that you have because mm -hmm. apparently the distillery is not keeping you busy enough that you have to do this nonprofit work too, right? You've gotta get your hands into something else. Explain kind of what else you're involved in and kind of how it ties into um, the distillery and what people can, can view about that. So uh, my friend Chris Fisher, which is actually Greg Fisher's brother, has an organization called osearch.org. And what he does is he catches tags and releases great white sharps in order to really help identify how to maintain sustainability and abundance in our oceans. And as he boils it down very basically to make sure our grandkids have fish sandwiches to eat. So basically what he's doing by tagging and tracking these great white sharks, it's kind of following the apex predator like you would the lion in the Serengeti. So you have an idea of what's going on with the health of the oceans. Um, he's got a very unique platform where he's got an open book uh, platform that anybody that comes on his ship. And you know, basically when he does this, he has a team of scientists send upon the shark tracking the shark and then taking all different types of metrics i think he's got 51 papers being written right now um, where he shares it with anybody any university aquarium marina uh, schools that want it it's an open book platform so it's not being proprietary and trying to keep that information to himself so he keeps getting grants but rather share it with anybody that can use it to help the abundance of the ocean so are you so, well, we replacing do, some of your bourbon barrels out on these boats? Yeah, we put, the, we put barrels out on his ship. Wow. So what we're doing and how we did this originally, Chris and I were down in Costa Rica on his ship for the two of us 40th birthdays. And uh, besides catching fish and surfing, we were drinking a lot of bourbon on the bow of the ship. And I watched the bourbon rock back and forth within the class. And I thought if that would happen in a class, it would happen in a barrel and that would force maturation in a different manner. And what happens is 
Today, we cross the equator four times on each voyage so that extreme heat caramelizes the sugars in the wood. Mm -hmm. When the barrels are out in the middle of the ocean, that salt air permeates the barrel and gives it a briny taste. And then as it's sloshing around, it's got constant contact with the wood, which imparts more color, more flavor, and the barrel also acts as a filter and takes away the astringency of the alcohol. So people say it tastes like salted caramel popcorn bourbon. So every bottle that you buy of Jefferson's Ocean goes to support Osearch.org. Wonderful. A wonderful cause to support. And, it is, uh, absolutely. That's just, wow. I, are you expanding into that a little bit more? Or has that like opened your eyes to maybe other ways to mature bourbon? I mean, that's just incredibly insightful to see it rocking back and forth and think, huh, let's it, try this, right? Certainly it has. Um, you know, we are now on our 23rd voyage. So we have 300 plus barrels out on the open ocean at all times. Uh -huh. um, I did something a few years ago called our Jefferson's Journey, where I recreated how bourbon or how whiskey was actually turned into bourbon for the first time. I launched two barrels um, from downtown Louisville. We floated them down to, uh, to New Orleans. It took 58 days floating it, kind of trying to recreate how bourbon was taken back to the East Coast for the, you know, how it was done originally and why people demanded the bourbon from Kentucky and why they were willing to pay so much more for it. So we floated it down to New Orleans, put it on another boat, hit a tropical storm, hit a hurricane in Tampa Bay. I had to screw new barrel tops on in Tampa Bay. By the time we got it to Key West, I had to send new barrels down, siphon out the juice of the first barrels into the new barrels. We got it to Key West. Hurricane Matthew took out another boat that we can't coming over from the BBS to take it up to New York. It got destroyed by Hurricane Matthew. We wintered in Fort Lauderdale and basically hitchhiked a ride up to New York. So those barrels, it took a year to the date that we took off. We landed in New York. Uh -huh. And the, the whiskey that was in those barrels was as dark as a 16-year-old bourbon by the time that it arrived. Really? It was incredibly easy drinking so different from the same bourbon that we distilled and aged in Kentucky that, and as I said, it changed from whiskey to bourbon for the first time, because that was the first time people put whiskey, which was usually consumed straight off the still. So it was clear, it was colorless, it, you know, it didn't have the attributes that you would get from aging in a barrel. Mm -hmm. So on that journey, it aged in a barrel and became bourbon for the first time. And people started paying more for it from Boston, New York, Philadelphia, Baltimore. And as they demanded more bourbon, the bourbon industry grew up in Kentucky. And that's why Kentucky bourbon accounts for 95% of the world's bourbon. You're so hands-on with this. Most people would say, just send it on down there and just report, shoot me an email. Tell me what happens, no. right? I mean, it was too much fun. That's part of this evolution of, of your whole business, it sounds like, is that you, you are constantly hands-on with it. I use it as an excuse to uh, grant me access to things that I wouldn't typically have access to. So it might be self-fulfilling, but uh, it seems to uh, put out some pretty damn good bourbon in the meantime too. So it works both ways. What is next for you? Well, we're just about to launch our next product, which I'm really excited about. It is a cognac finished rye. Ah. So we, took rye whiskey and finished it in cognac barrels for 13 to 19 months. And it's got this 
delicious, full-bodied. It's you know, it's got a great mouthfeel on it. A lot of orange and honey comes through on it. It's very different than anything that's come out before. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot of different experiments that are going on, and then a lot of really cool, different, unusual spots right now. Fantastic. Uh, what is the best way for people to find out about your tours? Get on an email yeah. list. Where should they go? Jeffersonsbourbon.com. Any of our social handles all under Jefferson Bourbon. Come check us out. See what's going on. We love to host you out at the distillery. You know, I've never been out to your distillery. I usually, I'm I'm a tourist in Kentucky constantly. I love exploring new things that come up because I think, you know, our, our industry needs to be, we need to lift each other up really right now. And absolutely. absolutely. And I think we all need it this year. And I'm just such a fan of, of what we do here in the, in the great Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I haven't been out to yours yet. And I just, I did find that the location, I'm like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you were that close to downtown Louisville. It has to be so appealing from people if they're going to Keeneland or, or going to Churchill Downs or just coming in for bourbon tours. You're in a great, that prospect sure. location is wonderful. You got it. We're actually next door, next door, excuse me, uh-huh. to Udell Gardens. So you got an arboretum yes. next door. It's a mm-hmm. great um, Great spot to, to hit both spots. Um, yeah, it's close to town. Come yep. on and see us. We've got, I'm uh, coming out as I said, sure. it's very hands-on. You got it. You know, if the bourbon biz doesn't work out for you, you could really flip all this into a YouTube channel or a reality show, Trey. <laughs> well, there's been people that have asked about that. And, yes. Uh, you never know what will happen. You know, so. your adventures. <laughs> I'd follow along the adventures for sure. Well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just really... Um, hoping you guys have an amazing tourism season. And I so appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. You bet. I think we're going to, I think there's a lot of people that are really excited to come back out. We had so much momentum going into COVID and I don't think that's going to be uh, tampered. If anything else, people discovered their love more so for bourbon during COVID. And uh, you you don't have to go so far. You realize how much there is around you in your own backyard. So I think, uh, I think it's going to be a great season. And you all are handling it so safely. So hats off to you guys, the way that you've approached it and handled it. Um, You've really gone above and beyond. Thanks. All right, Trey, great catching up. You bet. Claudia, thank you. Appreciate it. A very special thank you to my guest, Trey Zoller of Jefferson's Bourbon. If you would like to find out more information about their upcoming tours, just head on over to my show notes where I have all their information. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. (laughs) 